The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. And thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the Sport of Kings. Got a special listener out there. My little boy, nine-year-old Gus Meyer. Yep, I think he's listening. And he's a Goosebumps fan, and we're going to make a horse racing fan out of him in a bit time, but uh, he just kind of enjoys coming out and hanging out. He's made a couple appearances, even been on the air. He's done it all. But got a special listener, and then there's special listeners, you. Thanks for tuning in, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we kick it off about horse racing. Weekly update, keeping you up to speed, winning ponies. Doing pretty well. I've met some players recently, and when I say I meet players, I mean, they just don't come up to me and drove. I mean, as you're out and about with fans, you actually meet them, you get to know them, first, last names, what they do, then all of a sudden they'll show you some neat stuff that they've been looking at. Lo and behold, it's winning ponies. I never rush to it and say, well, hey, you know, hey, I work with these guys, or boy, I blog for them, or boy, I do. Nope. I always listen to what they have to say. And I've met more than you'll believe. And I'm starting to see more in contest play. It's not that I'm really scratching my head, because people in contest play, they really hold everything close to the vest. So I've been enjoying listening to others that use it. And the neat part about it is they use it different ways. But all in all, overall success... The overall success, they said there's better days than others. There's winning, big winning days, middle winning days. There's some they should have did this, should have did that. As with all horse racing data, if it were exact science, it would be magic. But the people seem to love it, and it's easy to use. And it's never too late to jump in and get on board. $5.8 million and on the move for exotic payouts this year to date. Check it out for yourself, Winning Ponies. What's happening tonight? A little recap of last week's action. I saw something that I, I need to throw out there from ESPN. Reasons to be cheerful. I think you'll like it. Special guest of the week. Nice guy. Man of racing. Entire families in racing, matter of fact. Just about. And noted columnist of the Daily Racing for Mr. Marty McGee, we're going to talk about Kentucky racing. The good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. Hopefully, Marty can enlighten us. Always a pleasure to have on. Friend of mine, friend of ours. And I think he will bring some facts to the table. Looking forward to that. News and final furlong 
handicapping. So what more could one ask for? As we kick it off right now, well, let's talk about the recap of last week. If you're under a rock, as I always say, you are now going to be enlightened. We're going to start off with Arlington Park on July 17th, race number 7, the Modesty Handicap. Grade 3, a mile and a 16th on the weeds. 150000 up for grass. Winners, the two. Tuscany Evening, Irish spread. Rafael Bejarano. You talk about a speedy gal. Jumps on the hook and makes a cook. Wins by a half a length. Rated and held well. And, and that is a kind comment line. Bejarano could have won by seven. Tuscan Evening. Mark my word, we'll give them fits when it comes time for the Breeders' Cup. Tuscan Evening paying 360 to win for Jerry Hollendorfi. As I said, Rafael Bejarano aboard. Race number eight, Arlington Park. The American Derby, grade two. A mile and 316th on the turf. $200,000 up for grabs. Winner, the seven, working for Hops, Francisco Torres. Between the years, winning by two and a quarter lengths. Took command and driving, paying $5. Last time out, ran a Colonial Downs and ran second to Patio Prado. Heck, with this effort, might have been able to run against Patio Prado, but opted to go a little west out to Arlington. $200,000 up for grass, working for hops. Michael Stidham, Francisco Torres, his friends call him Cisco. And he goes to the winner circle. Race number nine at Arlington. Great to Arlington. Handicap a mile and a quarter on the turf. 150000 up for grabs. Winner is the three, Rahi Strada. Inez Carlson. She can just flat out horseback. Wins by a half a length. Three wide bid in between clear and holds for fourteen twenty for the win end for Byron Hughes. Good job, Inez. Ninth at Belmont, the Jaipur. Grade three, six on the inner turf, 200000 up for grabs. Winner is the four, Stradivinsky. Charles Lopez, or as my dad likes to call him, Cece Lopez, as well as many of the world does. This guy might be one of the best speed riders that I've ever seen. Breaks on top by three, makes it by five, makes it by six, holds on to win by a length and a quarter, pays six ninety to win. Thank goodness for the nickel breakage in New York. Six ninety to win for Dick Dutro. Colonial Downs race eight, the Chenery Stakes. Five and a half on the outer turf. Fifty thousand dollars. Z appeal. The one. Kent DeSormo up the rail. Once by five and a half. Three wide bid drifted. Right up the hoop. Three twenty to win for Dale Romans. Keen sales purchase. I like to see that on Echo Base. As I'm going back and taking a look at that, they'll tell you where the Keeneland sales purchases were at. Just a little tidbit when you see the little K. Ninth at Colonial, the Tippet Stakes. And we've got five and a half on the outer turf, $50,000 up for grabs. Winners of three, Winslet, Jenna Jobert in the Irons. Wins by a length in three parts, 1980 to one. Almost 20 to one rail, and I mean right up the rail. But then goes three wide at the 516 and driving down the lane to pay 4160. Molly Mingan, who we, we talked about last week, who really looked good, ran her heart out. But Jenna Jobert for Dane Kobeski lit up the board 4160 to win. Tenth at Colonial, the Kitten Joy Stakes, a mile and 16th on the outer turf, 50,000 up for grabs. 
Winner is the three vanquisher. Rosemary Homeister was our guest last week, or one of the guests. She and Graham Motion. Vanquisher wins by a dirty neck. Two wide up in the final strides, man. 740 for Greg Griffith. If you remember listening to Rosemary, she said that this runner was straightening out very nicely for her. She wasn't fibbing. Rosemary, congratulations. 11th at Colonial, Virginia Oaks, grade three, a mile and an eighth on the outer turf, 150000 for grabs. Winners the eight, check the label, Ramon Dominguez wins by two and three-quarter lengths, split at the 316th and draws off, paying 320 to win for Graham Motion. Graham Motion. Now, wait a minute. Back-to-back, we had Rosemary Homeister and Graham Motion, and they win two of the biggest on the card. And then the Virginia Derby. Race 12, mile and a quarter in the outer turf, 600,000 up for grabs. You could have found this one if you were blindfolded and crawling around in the dark. Patty O'Prado, Kent DeSormo looked in trouble. Top of the lane, right about the 316th hole, I should say. Still didn't look like he was going to get in gear. Bazoom, hits overdrive like the Batmobile, wins by a length and a half. Rail bit at the quarter driving paying three twenty to win for Dale Romans. Dale, you've got a real nice runner here. You sure don't need me telling you that. Incredible nice runner there. Talking about somebody we have on hold here who's an incredible nice guy is Marty McGee. I see he is on hold here. We'll be chatting with Marty here shortly. Eleventh in Delaware. Delaware handicap grade two, a mile and a quarter on the dirt, seven hundred and fifty thousand up for grabs. Winners of six, life at ten, Johnny Velasquez, another Keeneland sales purchase, wins by three, pulled away when asked. 320 to win for Todd Plutcher. Ninth, and I'm talking the ninth at Ellis Park, the Don Bernhardt Stakes. $50,000 up for grabs. Winners the one, native ruler, Jamie Terrio, wins by a length and a quarter off the rail driving. 580 to win for Chris Richards. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Fourth race at Hollywood. The A-Gleam Handicap. Grade 2, 7 on the all-weather. Winner is the sixth. Sweet August Moon. Victor Espinosa between the ears. Wins by a length in three parts. Inside bed led clear. 28-20 to win for Brian Corner. Very nice. Race number nine. The Swaps a grade 2. Mile and an eighth on the all-weather. 200000 up for grabs. Winner is the four. Skip shot. Joel Rosario. In the Irons wins by a head. This guy can horseback. Came back up at the wire. 10 20 to win for Jerry Hollendorfer. They do very well together. Woodbine, the Collins Stakes for two year olds. Six on the all weather. 150000 up for grabs. The three glory game, Patrick Husman's longtime rider in Canada. Wins by two lengths at over 7 to 1. Came in, drove clear. 16 60 to win for Nicholas Gonzalez. Woodbine, the Bull Venture, six and a half on the all-weather. Winners of the four, Smoky Fire, Emma Jane Wilson. Now, that's pretty daggone. That's pretty good shooting there. Wins by a length and three quarters. Blast, Hollywood hit right between the noggin. I mean, it was a brutal pace. Fatal Bullet was right there. But Smoky Fire, Emma Jane Wilson, pays 10.90 to win for Sid Atard. So that is what was happening last week. And you know what? 
it's always happening each and every week. We've always got action. We've always got fun. And, you know, as I always say, check out Winning Pony. See what they come up with. Go back and take a look at the testimonials. Take a look at the call. See what you're going. While you're there, take a look at the podcast. You can see and listen to some of the best of the best that we've had as far as guests. As I alluded to before, we have Mr. Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum. That, and I bet Dollars to Donuts, is going to be enlightening, a lot of fun. He's been our guest before. He's a good guy. His brother is a very good trainer. Brother-in-law, Ron Ellis, California, credible trainer. The McGees have got us surrounded. We are going to be heading out to our first break, and when we return, we're going to be talking to our special guest of the week, Daily Race Warm columnist, Mr. Marty McGee, but you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never going to be the same. Because I settle up my Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Tradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccianello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Joining us here on Winning Ponies, this is our second segment. Each week we have on a special guest of the week. This week is no different. Joining us this week is a man whose family is rooted in racing, noted columnist from the Daily Racing Forum, and handicaps if he gets a spare moment, Mr. Marty McGee. Marty, are you there? What's going on there, Eddie? What do you know, buddy? Hey, thanks for taking your time. I know you're always busy, and uh, to join us and uh, to enlighten us and uh, Anything else you can tell us out there, we're all ears. Marty, uh, I know you're a busy man. Where where do we find you at this moment? Because I know you're probably not just uh, bored somewhere. Well, I'm on assignment. I'm here at the uh, 12th Annual Claiming Crown at Canterbury Park in Shakopee, Minnesota. Uh, I've been here probably, I don't know, seven or eight times. They've had This will be the 10th running of the Claiming Crown, the so-called Blue Collar Series for horses who otherwise are ignored uh, in terms of the limelight that we provide at the Daily Racing Forum and, and by other media outlets. And uh, it's always a nice event. The people here, as you mentioned to me off the air, Eddie, um, really nice folks, Jeff Madej, Randy Sampson, a lot of the people here. Uh, the, the announcer here, Paul Allen, is one of the way underrated guys in the business. Um, he actually does play-by-play for the Minnesota Vikings. Lots of nice people up here, and good racing, too. We've got a good card for Saturday. Um, so I hope that people will turn their attention away a little bit from Saratoga and Del Mar and some of the other goings-on. Rachel Alexander, of course, at Monmouth on Saturday. But uh, it, it is a, a worthwhile event here, and, uh, and it is their showcase event, actually, here at Canterbury Park in Minnesota. You know, I, I've been reading about it for years, and, a hundred moons ago, I met Randy Sampson when he came to Turfway Park. Jeff Madej was just a young lad, and you talk about a guy that's on the move. Last time I saw him was in Las Vegas, and he I believe he was escorting some players out there playing in a huge contest. Great guys. And I've been reading Jenny Reese's blog and uh, anything that I can get on it. And she's calling it her, her new favorite track. And from what you're saying, it, it sounds like it's going to be a, a big weekend for him. Yeah, it is, and they, they've got some really good simulcast facilities here, so we've been playing Del Mar today and, and Arlington and some of the other stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a real nice setup. Uh, this is their 25th anniversary. I remember being back here in actually 1989 with my brother. He ran a horse in a, in a stake uh, back here, and we came up. But, uh, yeah, these people, are they love horse racing up here. It's one of the uh, unknown pockets, I guess you would say, of, of people who just have a real appreciation for horse racing. I'm going to have to put it on my bucket list of places to see. Hey, and by the way, how did Paul do? Paul McGee, that is. How did he do when he uh, went up to uh, Minnesota? That was <laughs> there was a horse named Bet the Pot. He was even money in some uh, $75,000 stake, and he got nothing. They went the first half in something like 43 and change. And <laughs> it, was, it was nothing. I, I, actually, a jockey named Michael Hunter, Paul and I were both living in Maryland at the time because it was the summer of 89, and that's when Churchill had been up. And, uh, yeah, they came up here, and he had, I think the horse had won the Aristides at Churchill. It might have been the inaugural. But, uh, anyway, he didn't get anything, so we kind of went home with our tails between our legs. 
Well, that doesn't last long. And, Paul, I'm sorry, wherever you're out there, uh, I'm sorry for bringing up any bad mojo out there because this guy can uh, pull them together. Usually when I'm not looking, I'll look up and say, Who tra- that's Paul McGee. He paid uh, 13, uh, 1780 I'm usually not looking, but when I do target in there, uh, I might get a 660 uh, payout down to Keeneland. That's usually when uh, when I get to see him uh, fly his trade the most when I when I go down there. But uh, that's uh, that's one of the likely uh, unlikely circumstances to be out of the money, but uh, it does happen. Marty, you cover many comings and goings in racing, and Kentucky's your home in an area that you cover so eloquently in, in reverse a little bit. Racing in Kentucky has been examined and possibly will get a little bonus with instant racing. The Racing Commission's talking about it. How do you think this is going to fare for the state of Kentucky? Oh, gosh. It's, you know, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and it's just a it's just a tiny band aid. I think it's just kind of a maybe even a red herring uh, thrown our way by the by the uh, some of the politicians who are um, overall against expanded gaming in the state. I would guess it might do okay. It might cannibalize the handle. Actually, you know, we've been on such a downward spiral not only in Kentucky but elsewhere here and in Minnesota, and of course you read about it in California and New York and and elsewhere. Um, it's just something that, you know, I've maintained for a number of years, Ed, that, that we've kind of missed the boat, Indiana and, and West Virginia and some of the other states that went ahead and, and built these magnificent facilities that they had that enticed people to come out and spend their money. We don't have that. And at some point there will be, I think you could consult experts on this, there's going to be some, some oversaturation of the gambling markets uh, throughout the United States and we in Kentucky who could have done it 10, 12 years ago uh, when when brilliant people like Jerry Carroll were absolutely begging for it. Um, and, and I think we've kind of missed the boat. So, you know, this thing that they did at the Racing Commission meeting yesterday or, or two days ago in Kentucky is just it's just a tiny, um, just a, a little thing that they're just kind of given to us. And it's really nothing uh, in the overall scheme of things, and it's sad to me. It, it really is. Marty, forgive me if if I if I've missed the uh, the direction of this. This really doesn't seem to monetarily benefit the tracks, other than elevating the purse levels. Yeah, I mean that's it. So you know, there's really no incentive for the tracks to to put their best foot forward for it. And um, you know, I just think it's kind of a misguided, you know, again, just kind of a band aid, small band aid kind of philosophy. What we need to do is get the all-out gaming in the states, not necessarily at the tracks only, but also at other facilities whereby not only the state can benefit, but also the racing industry. You read all the time, and I write the articles about it, that Turfway Park and Ellis Park are literally on death's door. I mean, they they cannot survive with the status quo. We have to change something, uh, whether or not in the long term uh, racinos or casinos are panaceas, that's to be determined. But otherwise, if we don't get them, they're not going to be around. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a number of times, Ed. Churchill Downs has the Derby. England has the horse sales. Those two are therefore insulated to a large degree. The other two are going to die. We're not going to have a circuit uh, in Kentucky. It's uh, like Marty Malign, the executive director of the, of the Kentucky Division of the Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association, told me the other day, We've been saying chicken little, chicken little, the sky is falling. The sky really is falling right now. 
and something needs to be done, and at some point, um, either something really bad is going to happen or there's going to be measures taken so that that doesn't happen. I I work in another state. I, I had the pleasure of working at Turfway Park for a number of years. I work in in Ohio right now. I am not, and even though Ohio now has a, has a glimmer of hope of, uh, of possibly expanding the, the future, I'm not happy about any part of Kentucky not getting on the boat and not picking up the pieces because it's kind of like a domino theory. Any time a track falls, it's going to be a short windfall for another state. That does me no good whatsoever. I want the survival of the sport. Yeah, and especially... And I mean especially because Kentucky, you're talking about Kentucky. We have the Kentucky Derby. We have the the number one breeding industry, not in the country, in the world. So we're talking about our signature industry. We're talking about an industry that's vital not to hundreds but thousands of people and their families. And if something doesn't get done, I I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you've been talking about my brother. He had to run last winter for the first time ever in his 20-something year training career out of town at both Oakland and Fairgrounds, and he totally forgot about Turfway Park because the purses were that bad. It's just, it's a shameful kind of situation we have going on here, Eddie, and, you know, I, I, I hate to keep, uh, you know, beating a dead horse, but we've been doing it for years, and until something gets done, um, we just got to have something, we just got to get something done, period. Paul McGee is one of the many faces in Kentucky that, you know, when you don't see them at Churchill and you don't see them popping up at Keeneland, and they have to go other places. Keeneland, for instance, this is tried and true proof here. The the sales were down a bit, quite a bit, and and changes have been coming. And when you hear Keeneland is cutting their purses, I mean, did this catch you personally by surprise? Yeah, it did. They did it kind of under the radar. They kind of snuck out a little press release, and, and we kind of caught, you know, how they <clears throat> are, are cutting it substantially. Um, but that, you know, that's, you can't blame them. That's a reflection of the tremendously down market in the in the thoroughbred sales. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure that on-track, or excuse me, their off-track simulcasting uh, has been down like everybody else. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, when Keelan's going down, and when Churchill Downs has gone down, as they have the last five years with tremendously stagnated purses, um, something's wrong. So we have to have relief. I mean, I live in Louisville, Eddie, and you look across, and there's every day this money going over to these boats. And it's just it's sinful. I mean, they make it enticing for people to come gamble. We need to do something in our arena so as people will come and spend their money, period take the blinders off. It is time to actually get in the game. Hopefully, uh, the state that uh, right now that I'm working in, I, hopefully Ohio can uh, prosper for the future and the game of racing can continue on. In Kentucky, I'm hoping that because they're so close in proximity with Turfway Park that they actually jump on board. But then Indiana has done nothing to light the fire under their feet besides just cheap talk. We, we were talking about uh, Keeneland cutting purses. This one actually breaks my heart. Keeneland's an owner with Harris of Turfway Park, and this is going to be the first year, I believe, since 1994, there will be no Kentucky Cup Day of Champions. It's awful. I mean, Jerry Carroll, back in 94, uh, inaugurated this 
the series. It was a great thing. We had um, Tabasco Cat come the first year. The second year we had Serena Song and the Kentucky Derby winner Thunder Gulch come. We've had a number of great horses uh, down through the years, and now it just crumbled before our eyes. And this is just like a, it's just a, a symptom uh, of what's happening. Um, Turfway Park's going to have one stakes race at their fall meet. It's just sad. I mean, I, I hate to keep talking about it, but, um, you know, literally they're on death's door. And, and and I know that this is of no reflection of ownership and or management there. I, Bob Ellison's one of the one of the oh, uh, the most uh, one of the smoothest speakers in the world, and actually wants to see right. his his game survive in Northern Kentucky. And and with, with Harris behind them and Keeneland, you you know that you have the right people, hopefully hopefully in place. I don't. There, there's no one to blame on this, besides just the uh, the legislative body that is not allowing them to put on the gloves and just go at it and compete. Yeah, the political process has defeated us, and and Bob was crestfallen when having to deliver the sad news that there is no, um, there's not going to be a Kentucky Cup this year. I mean, hopefully at some point it will be revived. It's a great tradition Ed, that was established and. You know, again, this is just a symptom of uh, of the illness that the uh, industry is currently mired in because of, of what's going on politically. It hurts. I, I can remember Boston Harbor, Re-Race, Cat Thief, Spain, Vindication, my favorite, Point Given, when yeah. I actually saw a two-year-old. Good, I mean, great, not good horses, great horses. Great. Incredible. And, and, and this was a stepping stone for the Breeders' Cup for so many and now I just can't believe that it's gone. And actually, they're even going to turn back Wednesdays, I believe, for this meet. Yeah, Wednesdays. We're going to a Thursday through Sunday uh, schedule. It's from 20 days down to 16. Um, you know, this is something that's going on at many other tracks. It's, it's an inevitable, inevitable kind of uh, you know survival of the fittest where we have to condense. They did it at Ellis Park. They've done it at Monmouth Park. They've done it at Churchill Downs. Um, so there's two, there's, there's always been, we've said for years and years, there's too much racing period. Um, and that's why the, the, the simulcast market, I think is, is depressed as it is. But, um, you know, it, we're in a, a state of, of major change right now, Eddie. And, um, you know, hopefully at some point we're going to say, oh man, we got through that period and, and everything's going to be good. I would love to see that aha moment come sooner rather than later. After all said and done, Marty, I, I may butcher this one up. Kentucky Racing, they possibly may be down 25% fewer dates as a sign of the times of uh, when you see Mammoth doing so well and your surrounding states doing well. Uh, you, you alluded to uh, Ellis Park, the old pea patch, down to three days a week, a 27-day meet. Ron Geary at the helm, do you think they're going to be around to fight in later rounds? Well, he, Ron has insisted that if he doesn't get and if uh, Turfway doesn't get uh, what they need, not what they want, what they need from the Kentucky legislators, um, they're dead. So they have to close. They have to. You know, Ron was an inch away from doing it last year, and he mm-hmm. said they remodeled their business so that um, they could maybe limp along another year or two. But inevitably, something's going to have to happen whereby get what they need. Not what they want, what they need. 
He's a good guy, and and you know what? He's a player. You'll see him in the handicapping contest. He actually supports the sport, not only from the management level with the suit and tie and looking down his nose. He is out there with the regular, everyday folks, and he loves to play. I've sat with him down in in the rumpus room at Keeneland, had lunch with him. They're they're great fellas. uh, It's funny that you mention that. He's flying up here Saturday to watch his horse Grasmere Park run (laughs) in the in one of the claiming crown races, but the real reason he's coming is to play in this uh, $2,000 uh, handicap contest they got going on here Saturday. So that's, that's pretty funny you mentioned that. He's a tough handicapper. He and his, I believe his son's Mark. Mark, and, Mark Geary, yeah. And he, he's about as tough as a nickel stake as well. I guarantee one <laughs> of them is going to uh, qualify. They love the game. They love the sport. I'd love to see people actually getting their hands dirty and jumping in. Marty, one more question, if I may. Uh, and, and I know it, it's, it's been downtrodden and just ugly, and, but it's, it's the state of racing in Kentucky. If you were the czar of racing right now, the czar, the, the crown king, and you can implement, implement something tomorrow to ensure racing survival in Kentucky, First and second, what would they be? Oh, it's so easy. Slots. I mean, we got to get what the other tracks have. We got to, you know, I was at Indiana Downs about a week ago. They got a beautiful steakhouse and, and a nice casino, real, you know, places that young people, men and women want to go, and it's just nice. And we need that. We need people to want to come to the racetrack. And to me, that is in the form of the casino type atmosphere that draws people to nightly entertainment, and, uh, yeah, easy question. Give me a tougher one. <laughs> well, from everything that I'm reading where you're at at Canterbury, they, they showed pictures. There was bands. There was a younger demographic, people out there yeah. dancing, having fun. Is this, is this what Kentucky, do we need to model even after more states, or are we ever going to listen? Um, it's up to guys like David Williams. I haven't mentioned his name yet, but he's the – um, Senate Majority Leader, who seems to be uh, stonewalling our efforts, and uh, I think it's up to to somebody to to get him to listen, or else have him ousted or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty obvious, Eddie. Well, I, I keep my fingers crossed. As I said, I I work in another state, but I never want to see any facet, especially a state known as the capital of the thoroughbred. They've taxed our they tax bourbon. They've cut back on tobacco, and, and they've made it impossible for smoking. They've taxed that, and now the thoroughbred industry. What are we going to be known for? I don't know. Uh, hopefully horse racing, because hopefully this situation will be remedied at some point. Marty, uh, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you for your time. I, I know it's been kind of a, a dark uh, question-and-answer session here, and but but it's the truth. It, it, there's we'll, really we'll talk about lighter subjects the next time. You got that right. It's going to be how it all heals up there. But uh, I, I'd like to thank you for your time personally for uh, to enlighten us to to let us know what's really going on out there. People read, and I don't think they they truly grasp what's happening. And uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, even if it was as negative as such. I I love the truth and reality of it, and uh, I'd like to wish you and your family the very best. And hopefully, I'll be seeing you in the Winter Circle soon. All right, Eddie. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you, Marty. Have a great day up there at Canterbury. Then Marty McGee, hopefully he's uh, enlightened your uh, perspective on Kentucky racing. It's for real, ladies and gentlemen. It is for real. Time to add to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some news and some final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies.
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, and get I just ready. think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Ponies once again. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for tuning in each and every week, every Thursday p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Join us as our special guest was Mr. Marty McGee. As you could feel the pain in his voice about the state of Kentucky racing and how true it actually is. It's not someone just pulling the wool over your head. This is actually bad news. You know, I, I kind of feel bad that it, it was of a negative tone, but actually, who better to ask than someone who covers the beat and knows it in and out, knows the players, knows the, the, the leaders of the industry and what needs to be done. You never want to see another track go out of business. It's a domino effect. You'll have a short windfall at your track. It's a bad sign. Kentucky, get it together. All right, we're going to press forward, and I made mention of something. I read this in ESPN, 
Now, this is just about the opposite. We were just talking with Marty McGee, and he was just telling the truth. And it was dark at times, but I read something in ESPN, and it was reasons to be cheerful. It says, don't worry, be happy. Nine reasons to feel good about racing. Still the greatest game there is. One, Mammoth Park, the 50-day, $50 million meet is wildly successful. Attendance is way up, 44.5%. All sources handle up 118%. I think they've, as they said, they have set the blueprint. All the others have to do is follow. Instead of enough tracks convert to shorter meets of big fields, the sport will be considerably better off. The old less is more. But we have some irony to that here we'll touch on. Number two, Saratoga is upon us. Okay, now here's the irony. Maybe they shouldn't have expanded the meet. But Saratoga will be Saratoga, which means terrific racing and an unparalleled atmosphere. Nothing else allows New York racing to forget about its problems, more or less, over the next six weeks. Number three, reasons to be cheerful. The recently concluded Fasig tipped in July yearling sales wasn't a disaster. It was only 2% down per yearling. Number four, keep your fingers crossed. This year's Breeders' Cup Classic might be the race of the young century if they stay healthy. Zenyatta Quality Road facing off in the Classic. How much fun would that be? Battle of the Sexes at Churchill Downs. Five, HBO has produced some of the best programming in history. Now the cable network has thrown its weight and talents behind a show called Luck. Dustin Hoffman, Nick Nolte, and a show about horse racing. Characters. How hot will that be? These people put together The Sopranos and some of the other great Shows on the HBO network. Looking forward to that. Number six, Ellis Park remains the little track that can. Like Mammoth, it's gone with a less is more approach. A 27-day meet offers three days a week. Much of it over the grass, which is great. Don't count this place out. It's owned by Ron Gary. He's a very smart guy, and he cares about the game. And good luck, by the way. As Marty said, you're up there at Canterbury. You're going to toss your hat in the ring. Number seven, the Kentucky Derby and the Oaks have never been more popular. A fact in itself that gives the sport life. Number eight, the sport has finally turned a corner in how it regards people who abuse their animals. No longer, there is no blind eye, we will find you. If you're abusing, we will find you. Rounding it out from Bill Finley from ESPN, Del Mar opens Wednesday, much like Saratoga. Del Mar is a much event as it turned out the day of a racetrack. Opening day at Del Mar is a huge deal in the San Diego area. Last year, 44,907 turned out to welcome back racing. It just goes to show that when presented right, horse racing is still something that can pull in big numbers. Really like that one. That really kind of caught my eye. I want to keep your up to speed here. Racing leaders, top ten riders. Ramon Dominguez, Rafael Bejarano, John Velasquez, Garrett Gomez, Joel Rosario, Martin Garcia, Javier Castellano, Robbie Alvarado, Calvin Borrell, and Jose Lescano. This guy, he's new to the scene. Not new to the game, but new to the upper 10 echelon. Congratulations there. And then racing's leader, Super Saver, Patio Prado, Icebox, looking at Lucky, Blind Luck, Life at 10, Drosselmeyer, Big Red Mike, Sydney's Candy and Quality Road. Leading trainers, Todd Pletcher, Steve Asmussen, Bob Baffert, Hollendorfer, Jerry Hollendorfer, 
Billy Mott, John Sadler, Dick Dutrow, Brett Calhoun, Dale Romans, and Nikki Zito. A little bit of who's doing what and where they're doing it at. Hey, this is kind of cool here on NTRA.com. They're going to feature Rachel Alexandra. You're going to be able to see that on NTRA.com. If you don't have TVG, which is actually going to be on TVG as well, you're going to be able to see Rachel Alexander on NTRA.com. That is really, really cool. Saratoga opens a 40-day meet. It's about to conduct its longest race meet in 128 years. Moore's Moore in New York, New Jersey. They've opted to go. Less is more. 142nd Saratoga season gets underway Friday with a 10-race card. will be 40 days long, equaling the number of dates run in 1882. Good luck, Saratoga. Keep an eye on these spa trainers. This was something that I picked up from the Daily Racing Forum and absolutely loved. Chad Brown, a former assistant to Bobby Frankel. That is one who's posed and poised for a breakout Saratoga meet. Will Phipps, a former assistant to Billy Mott. He'll have 18 stable to Saratoga. New York Brads and some two-year-olds for the most part. And then there's Dominic Chetto. Excuse me, Dominic Chettino, who's doing very well. He'll have one we'll be talking about here shortly. John Terranova, Jimmy Toner, and these guys are ones that you're going to want to keep your eyes peeled for. Now, this comes from the NewYorkPost.com, Post Guide to Scoring Big at Saratoga. I like this. Value bets. The pick threes and pick fours pay boxcars. You don't have to bet a lot. To win a lot. A little something they want to throw at you. Linda Rice is the queen of turf sprints, winning 9 of 43 last year en route to becoming the first woman to win Saratoga's training title. Alan Garcia and Cornelio Velasquez are her go-to riders. The only other trainer with more than two turf sprints was Wesley Ward with three. Ramon Dominguez led all riders with eight winners at five or one or less. Five were favorites. Overall, Favorites went 15 for 43. Graveyard of favorites, they call. Speed held. 32 winners were fourth or better at the quarter-mile call, including 14, then went gate-to-wire, and only one winner, one winner broke from post number one. A little something about the spa. Delmar, read it in the form here. Economy stagnant. People are booming. Last year, 44,907. They said the place is just coming alive out there. Opening day at Del Mar, nothing like it, according to Jay Pribman from the form. And it, it, from everything that I've read and taken a look at, it just looks incredible. I mean, this looks like what racing was many, many moons ago. Now, Jenny Reese has been our guest here before. And she's got her blog going. And it's Canterbury Park where Marty McGee's at race now. And they're having a blast up there. 7 p.m. Thursdays and Fridays, 1.30 on the weekends. She was there 25 years ago to write a story about the then-new track. A little writer by the name of Mike Smith was writing up there then. They've got bands playing, country, rock, kids running around, very family family-friendly. She said the only drawback. Now, this is Jenny. $4 beer. It's a little high, but it's what you're going to pay at a lot of tracks. I like the beer report from Jenny, 
but she tells it the way it is, and there's not a bad utterance of the claiming crown up at Canterbury. This one also caught my Ed DeRosa, the big event blog, and says, this little piggy didn't go to market. Average attendance declined at Hollywood Park 10.4%. Average handle was down 10.3%. He blames this on the robbing Peter to pay Paul. Now, according to Mr. DeRosa, he says, taking from the marketing budget to pay Paul, which would be the horseman, which would have otherwise spent marketing to produce and promote its races. The racing industry could really experience the whole in Hollywood's marketing program when only about 12,000 people showed up to watch undefeated two times in Yada win the vanity handicap for the third time. It was her 17th consecutive win, along with no losses, surpassing streets compiled by cigar and citation. Is there any track elsewhere in the United States that would have gotten less than 12000 for an appearance by Zenyatta in a marquee race? He doubts it. Ed DeRosa, very good, very good blog there. It's, uh, it's not good news for Hollywood Park. Seems like the marketing uh, budget took a beating. So, in fact, things could actually stay afloat. Robbing Peter to pay Paul can get to be a very expensive game. So that is news from around the nation. whole lot of it, whole lot of fun, because the spa is open and Delmar is open, the house of the Bing built. I like at the end when they, uh, when they sing a little song where the surf meets the turf and you hear Bing Crosby's uh, voice on there. It's kind of neat, kind of takes you back. I guess that's why 44,000 people were there last year on opening day. How can they be wrong? Let's do some final furlong handicapping here. Second in Monmouth Park, the Desert Vixen. $100,000 up for grass, a mile and 16th on the turf. In here, I like the three. A 10-to-one-shot Grecian Maiden. Julian Pimentel aboard for Michael Trombetta. Trombetta's winning 24%. Very solid indeed. Pimentel is a very nice rider. Now, I've told a few people that he is king of the $50,000 non-graded stakes, but $100,000 definitely within his grasp. His three-year-old filly by Go Zapper has four starts, two wins, and two seconds. With the trainer, Trombetta and Pimentel, win 15%, 30% in the money. And they're on the turf. And Julian is a 16% winner on the turf. you got to love it. I mean, 10 to 1, 1 for 1 at the distance. There's not much to really complain or bitch about. But I like Grisha Maiden. I'm going to box up with Triple Cream, owned by Bobby Flay. Sound familiar? Chef on TV. He's also on the Breeders' Cup board. Triple Cream is a dam that has really tossed in some nice turf runners here. Or this uh, three-year-old filly, I should say. Her dam has had three turf winners from three starters with three winners. So I'm going to take Grecian Maiden 10-1 to and box it up with Triple Cream at 2-1. to Fifth at Monmouth Park. I'm going to go a little angle here. The one horse, my man, Marty, 5-1. to Mike Mitchell, off of a claim, wins 30% of the time. 30%. Now that is incredible. Turf to dirt and route to sprint. He wins 22% of the time. Sharp bullet workout on July 19th at Mama, 59-2. and two. I can't believe his three-year-old Colt by Al Corridor is 5-1. to one. But I'm going to take all you can get. I'm a Mike Mitchell fan from California. 
Eleventh race at Monmouth, four hundred thousand dollar Lady Secret. Number five is who I like. But this race is be shown on NTRA.com, TVG, and selected Fox Sports at five fifty-seven. Rachel Alexandra. Need I say more? Four-year-old filly by Mandalia de Oro. Steve Asmussen, Calvin Burrell. Asmussen does very well with the shippers. 22% of the time winning. Third off a layoff. Dropping from a grade two Florida Lee into a $400,000 race. Lights out. There's going to be a lot of speed in this race. If there's ever a time Rachel could be vulnerable, it is here. There is a boatload of speed. They're going to be all around her and Calvin. Stay off that rail on this one because the real speed is on the rail with stage trick. But I think Rachel's going to find a way into the winner's circle. Ninth at Saratoga on Saturday. I like the seven here, and that's Devil May Care, six to five. Johnny Velasquez or Todd Pletcher exit a win off the grade one Mother Goose, one for one at uh, Saratoga. Broker maintenance Saratoga, and things have been great ever since. Second off. One last race out, and this barn comes back to win 25% of the time. You get 6-5 to five on Devil May Care in the ninth at Saratoga. The coaching club oaks bet early and bet often. Sixth race at Del Mar, and we go to the La Jocentes. It's uh, California restricted a mile and a 16th on the grass, and I love the nine in here. You're all that I am. Rafael Bejarano. And Jerry Hollendorfer, they team up to win 29% of the time and 76% in the money. Dropping in class, the dam is a grass winner. Six for seven in the money in 2010. You are all that I am is you are all that I need because I am a big Bejarano fan. Eighth race at Del Mar. I love the five in here. That's Lou Breton, Rafael Bejarano, Julio Canani, the colorful Julio Canani. Actually training this six-year-old horse by Annabaugh. Exiting the Charlie Winningham grade one. This is the Eddie Reed grade one. Mark my word, the Eddie Reed winner, or those that do very well, will be heard from on Breeders' Cup. Luke Breton, Dan was a stakes winner. Six turf winners, six starters, and six winners. Luke Breton and Rafael Bejarano, he is a 23% winner on the weeds. Then I round out my selections, and then I go to Col- I go to Woodbine. I was going to say I go to Colonial, but that was last week. Eighth race at Woodbine, the Najinsky. It's a Grade Two event, five to two. I like the Deuce Grand Adventure. Patrick Husbands from Mark Frostag loves Canada. Seven starts with five wins. And there you have it, my friends. Time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. And this week was no different. Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank this week's guest, Mr. Marty McGee of the Daily Racing Forum, and you for taking your time for tuning in. So until next week, on behalf of Winning Ponies, may all of your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.